airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we've got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And um, I want to just kind of get right into what I want to talk about. Okay. Here's, here's the way we used to do radio, Will the Great and I. For six years, we hosted um, a talk a talk show on our sister network, Urban Family Talk, and we then blended those networks together. And uh, we started out doing a show at the midday, and then we, we turned it into a morning show. It was a great show. But often what was pretty common for us to do was to take a few days and kind of unpack a topic and talk about that. Because one of the things that we see ourselves as doing in radio is really having a conversation to equip the body of Christ to live authentic Christian lives. And that can't always be done in a quick sort of like drive by show. Right. Mm -hmm, You can't always get people to understand what you're saying when, you know, you've got you know, you've got an hour to do it. And even in our case. We hit three hours, but, you know, when you factor in interacting with people and making sure that you get all the information in between the breaks and all of that. Um, So anyway, it was not it was not uncommon for us to spend some days talking about one particular issue. Whenever I felt like there was a cultural issue that was threatening the church, I wanted to make sure that our listeners understood what was at stake. Too often what we take for granted is that everybody understands things the same way all the time you know, at the same rate. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And that just isn't true. Sometimes it takes, you know, kind of going back and saying, and this is a little bit of my communication background coming in. So excuse me if you're like, well, I get it. I don't need it. You know, then that's great. This is not for you. Okay. But sometimes you need to be able to go back and say, Hey, did that make sense? Hmm. Okay. Sometimes you need to be able to go back and say, what did you hear me say? Yeah. Right. Um, what did you understand me to say when I express this This is just communication. This is how um, well, the great when we've done counseling with people like this is how this is how we communicate. This is how we make sure that when you're talking to people, um, there is this mutual feeling that, OK, there's been a conversation and not just a monologue. Right. That there's been mm-hmm. a dialogue, not just a monologue. So um, on Friday, on Friday, here was my question. And I tried to be very careful with this question. Will the great. <laughs> All right. I tried to be very, very careful. Mm -hmm. Um, I am not like I'm I will say I know this about myself. Okay, I'm not built to tiptoe through tulips. (laughs) No, (laughs) I end up crushing them. I crush them. I don't mean to like I I start out thinking, you know, but that's just not that's not everybody's got the the role that they play in the body of Christ. All right. Everybody's Mm -hmm. got the thing that. They are uniquely built to do, (laughs) and you show up and you do that. That's right. Okay? So I'm not the person who goes in usually, usually, you know, to like tiptoe through tulips. There's people who do that, and they, man, they do a great job. They can get on the other side of the field and no damage done to the tulips, okay? Um, I tend to say, okay, we've tiptoed, we've done tiptoe through. 
now it's time for us to stomp on a cross and make our point. All right. Now it's time <laughs> to, you know. Yeah. And um, and that's that's kind of where I um I come in. Okay. I mean, you know, and, and let me <laughs> let me tell you why. Because I get sick and tired of seeing the body of Christ bullied and pushed around. And I get sick and tired of seeing Christians feel guilty about living authentic lives when everyone else in the country gets to do it. It's a major talking point that people are talking about wanting to live their authentic lives, mm. even, if it's a, even if it's a lie. Mm. All right. Even if the authenticity is contrived. Everybody wants to live an authentic life, whatever that is, yeah. whatever that is. I don't know what that is. It just sounds good. Yeah. It sounds trendy. It sounds progressive. So everybody wants to live Eesh. authentic lives. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's. I mean, that's for most people. That's what it is. It's just the new trendy way to say, I want to feel like I'm living according to what I really believe about me and whatever that might be for them. Hmm. That applies to everyone in our culture, except Christians. Christians cannot live authentic lives in this country without some type of persecution, some type of pushback, some type of resistance. We make roads in the wilderness for people who live in rebellion against God to live, mm. quote unquote, authentic lives. <laughs> we will start a government project for people to be able to move into areas so they can live authentic lives in rebellion against God. All right. But for Christians, as we put we put hurdles we put potholes. We we do all kinds of things to stop Christians living authentic lives. And it sickens me. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of this thought that you read through the scripture and it takes all of us in the body of Christ. OK, right, it right. takes all of us. All right. Sometimes Barnabas needs to come in. Yeah. Encouragement. <laughs> OK. All right. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes you need a Barnabas to come in and say, you know, I know Mark left us midway. <laughs> All right. But look, it's my cousin. You he's, know, can, can we? You he's know? useful. Someone, he's we, useful. We, we right. Can help him out. <laughs> OK. So sometimes we need a Barnabas. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> I want to say more often. Maybe that's not right. But sometimes <laughs> we also need a Paul. Yeah. All right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to really just be like, we're not about to mince words on this. Mm -hmm. We're about to just call it what it is. OK. Mm -hmm. And so so we need that. So if you're in the body of Christ and you serve in whatever role you serve in, whatever your gifts are, the way the Lord has designed you, um, walk in those gifts confidently. All right. There are some people who are like, I think we got a call from a sister a few weeks back. And she said, I feel like I'm always like bringing a hard word to people. I don't mean. No, look, that's what you're designed to do. All right. That's that's the role that you play. And that is OK. We need that. Right. right. And then there's also people who and now we, we want we want grace and truth. That's we right. want grace that's and truth. Right. We don't want to just. And so I don't want people to hear me saying and here's again communication point. I don't want people to hear me saying Christians need to walk through life with a sledgehammer. All right. What I'm saying is walk through knife or uh, walk through life <laughs> knife walk through life. <laughs> that was just because my brain was already at the end of what I was going to say. Walk through life with a paring knife and a sledgehammer. Mm. All right. So we there are some things that require delicate communication, which is what I was trying to do on Friday. But when there's confusion, I want to go back to it and I want to make my point and I want to make it as clearly as I can. So my question was this on Friday. This is my question. Very simply. And I gave I gave, as we say in Louisiana, I gave buku disclaimers. <laughs> that means a lot. I gave buku disclaimers. All right. That could be a spelling bee word. Yeah. So I gave a lot of disclaimers 
on Friday so that people would understand what I was not saying because I think I have a fair understanding of people. And I think I understand what people might hear me say Mm -hmm. in the type of conversation that we were going to have. I get it. I absolutely get it. Like this, like I I do this people, right? Like I do this. (laughs) I talk to people as I know I understand it. Not just publicly. I talk to people privately. I disciple people, right? I counsel people. Like I'm not, I'm not unfamiliar with human nature. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. So what happens usually when you have a conversation that is a broad topic, and you're trying to be as general as you can, what happens is someone always thinks that you're talking specifically to them or about them. Mm. That's not what I was doing. And so let me say this. The conversation that we had on Friday revolved around this question. It was a very general question on purpose. All right? Do we have a double standard for defining essential services and essential workers in this country? That was my question. I had a couple more stories that I actually didn't get to get to um, to make my point. And I I regret that I didn't get to get to those stories because I wanted the conversation to go beyond whether or not pastors need to be in their church buildings on Sundays doing like that's that was not actually the focus of the conversation. Although we came to rest and we had conversations about that. My my very general question was this. Do we have a double standard for defining essential services Mm -hmm. and essential workers in this country? And I repeated that question over and over again because I wanted people to understand the nature of the conversation. And I wanted people to start to fine tune their thinking and move away from what I think my church should be doing to the bigger question. Yeah. Yeah. The bigger question. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have a double standard? For defining essential services and essential workers in this country. That's the bigger question. And that's a great question. (laughs) And let me tell you why I chose that question. I chose that question, one, communication, okay, to make sure that people were (laughs) on the same page with what I was trying. And two, I chose that question because that question will outlive this virus. Mm, That question will outlive this virus. That question is not about what we do now during Mm COVID-19. All right. That's not that question. Because if, if we, if we take a narrow focus and we only speak in terms of, okay, should churches be meeting now or shouldn't they be meeting now? Then that's just a question for here and for now. Mm -hmm. But do you understand that advances are not made if you only think for here and for now? You have got to be thinking, okay, where do we go from here? What are the future implications of some of the things that we're saying and we're doing right now? This is wisdom, body of Christ. Mm. This is wisdom. When we start to think in these terms, then by God's grace, we, we start to outsmart the opposition. Yeah. We cannot be chicken littles all over the place. The sky is falling. Therefore, tell us what to do. And we're in. No, we're not. Okay, there is there is a crisis. There is something that is going on in this country. So the question is for the praying and discerning Christian. The question is, Lord God, what do you want us to do in this moment? What is it that you have called the body of Christ to be doing in this moment? Mm -hmm. That is the question. And guess what? Even that question outlives this pandemic. Yeah. 
because you're always going to find yourself in a in this moment. All right. And so the question always is going to be, Lord God, what do you want us to do as your servants in this earth? What is it that you're calling us to do? This is authenticity at at its highest. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. How do we now live? Especially when what? you consider that this won't be the last time something major happens where, you know, there may be a look at, you know, shutting things down, things down because because of this situation that's happening now. So Correct. going forward, is it is, you know, what's seen as essential, non-essential in future events or pandemics or whatever the same. And, uh, you know, so will there be a shutting down each time of of those things? And I think this that's a great question going beyond what's happening now. And that's where the golden buzzer gets dinged all right that's because that's it will that's what i'm that's that's what christians have got to think that's what christians have got to wonder and that's got to be part of what fuels our prayer life lord what decisions are we making right now that you want us to make and what decisions aren't we making right now that you want us to make Mm. (laughs) what aren't we doing right now lord that if we would ask you if we would pray If we would not be driven along by our base emotions, okay, fear, anxiety. Like, I mean, if if the fear and the anxiety are driving us, then it is almost certain that we will make decisions that we regret. Yeah. It is almost certain that we will make decisions that are not in our best interest down the line. If the decisions that we make now are based on fear, mm-hmm. on anxiety, mm-hmm. on worry, all of these things that the Lord says by his spirit, we have control over. Are we Christians or are we not? Are we Christians or mm. are we not? Mm. Like that's that's it. Amen. Right. It's not like I'm a Christian, but no. Are we Christians or are we not? So do we have a higher source than the information that we have that we're inundated with every single day in this country? Do we have a higher source? Do we have information that is supposed to be available to the Christian that may not be available? In many cases, spiritually speaking, is not available because of rebellion against God to those who are not his. Yes. (laughs) Do we have a history of this in the history of the church? Yes. Do we repeatedly see Christians going and doing based on the spirit's leadership and getting the spirit's result? Yes. Amen. So here is my question. Do we have a double standard for defining essential services and essential workers in this country? And this is the question that will outlive this virus. Okay? And this is what I want to talk about when we get back. Erin the Addison's American Family Radio will be right back. Addison's on American Family Radio. Great Monday to you. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and it's I'm Going to Wait by Jada Producer. And we're married, and he's fine with my personality. Let's move on. <laughs> Wait, somebody right. asked that? You heard that song? I, I, I mean, you, you know. that in the spirit? Well, let me just say this, okay? <laughs> All right. I never got these questions, Will, until you and I started working together. 
That's true. Like I talked people, about you all you know. the time during my radio show, and there are many people who remember. <laughs> I, in fact, I got a message from a brother and sister who they were a part of my Elite Recipe Club like back in 2010. That was fun. Which is fantastic, right? And um, and so they've been listening for a long time, and I would mention you, Will the Great. Like nobody ever really heard from you because you were doing other things here at AFA. Right. And um, no one ever asked about me letting my husband talk. <laughs> Until you and I got on a show together. I know, man. I messed it all up. <laughs> I don't want to blame you, but I kind of do want to blame oh, you. Oh, man. Are your shoulders broad enough for me to blame you? Yeah. Like, can I do big. that? Yeah. This is your fault. All right? I'll take it. This is it. your fault. Um, anyways, that's what makes you so great. I mean, you get me, and it's a joke. Guys, we're joking. We're okay. Somebody just called up a counselor for us. We're okay. All right? Um. No, listen, I, I feel like I always need to say that. I jokingly say that, but I know whenever my tone is going to be something that people are like, <gasps> her husband works with her and she's talking like that. Like, I feel like it's going to, it's like a, you know, wow. <laughs> it's always, I'm, I'm used to it at this point. Like, because I'm, again, remember, no tiptoeing through the tulips. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, it's okay. It, We're used to it at this point. I just, it's my way of saying relax people. We've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. We work together. We like each other. Yeah. We like each other's personalities. All right. Yes. All right. All right. So having said all of that, we'll jump in whenever you feel like it, but sure. just only when I say it's okay. Double Dutch. That's how I'm playing. <laughs> double Dutch. See when I can when I can get in. Yeah. When people when know I what double Dutch okay. is? Okay. No, they don't. It's okay. Right. Yeah, they do. All right. <laughs> Let me do this. Cause I here was my question. My question was on on Friday. Do we have a double standard mm -hmm. for defining essential services and essential workers in this country? And then where I ultimately ended up going was talking about the church, right? And talking about us gathering and, you know, is it is it necessary for us to gather? Can we just, can we forfeit this and do things via video and all of these things? And so I think that that may have confused people that they thought that was absolutely the focus. No, the focus was the question. The focus was the question. I went back to the church as an example to show that the church is more than just us hearing a word. Hmm. The church is more than that. So that was me kind of, you know, laying out my, my basis for my defense that, yeah, we have a double standard. And when we talk about what is essential in the church, it's not just us going to hear a message. That's not the church. Right. And this is important for Christians to understand this because, again, down the line, when we start talking about rolling back our freedoms or curtailing <laughs> our freedoms, mm -hmm. we need to understand that if someone says to you, it's like it's like President Obama used to try to do. Yeah. When he would say little things like, yeah, because, you know, in this country we have the freedom to worship. Ah, stop it. Stop, stop it. Stop. And it sounds good. People right. hear it and they're like, we have the freedom to work. No, you actually have something bigger than that. <laughs> you have the freedom to exercise your religious beliefs out in the public square. Yeah. So when people stand up and they're all buttoned up and they say good things and people are like, oh, yay, clap, clap, freedom of worship, worship, worship. You have something bigger than that. So when people say, oh, you can just click online and hear a message, you actually have something bigger than that when the church gathers. Yeah. It's yeah. not just hearing a message. So that's the point that I was trying to make with that. All right? And let, me and say I understand. This, let me say this. Yeah, go ahead. Go that, ahead. You know, initially, and you could tell me what you think about it. Initially, when I started hearing the different artists, when I, when I started to see the reaction of the, of the churches, you know, it just caught me off guard because I felt like it was too easy for us to that there wasn't many questions raised it seemed like i don't know maybe you know that's just me but it seemed like it was just like oh well we got this other thing so we'll just do that 
It, it, and I think, well, I think we were cut off guard by the church, meaning the church was cut off guard. But I think the whole nation was by, yes. you know, this whole thing. But it just tells me that going forward, there needs to be some plans made, you know, that we can do maybe a, a better job of, of, of making sure there is a getting together. Because I think we were caught, caught off guard. But I thought it was pretty quick how, you know, we just like, OK, well, we just, you know, to me. Is that yeah. fair? I mean, I just want to let you bear the brunt of what you just said. How about that? I mean, that? I, like, I, mean, no, I yeah, agree I'm, with you. I'm, Obviously, you know. I agree with you. I know. No, I'm joking. But no, and I, that's that's a part of why I think it's important to say that, or not say, to remind us all that the church is more than just hearing a message. Right. That is why what you, to the point that you just made, Will the Great Addison, to the point that you just made, that is why it is so important for us to remind people that the church is more than more than just hearing a message. Mm -hmm. That is why it's also important to remind people during or it was important and, you know, still important. But certainly during the Obama era, it was important to remind people that you have something actually more precious than freedom to worship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People in China have freedom to worship. Mm -hmm. They can they can in their own hearts, in their own place, wherever they are, they can worship. You know what they don't have? They don't have freedom of religion. Yeah. You know what they don't have? They don't have, they don't have the free exercise of religion. Right? That's something quite different. So I can say, well, look, I mean, I am the church. I am, yeah, I am the church. Mm -hmm. True. But you also have something incredible in this country that you can take you, yourself, the church, out into the public square and live out your deeply held beliefs. Yeah. Live out your convictions. Yeah. And you will give that up if you don't understand the difference. You will give that up if you don't understand the difference. Yeah. And yeah. And, and and to all the people who want, you know, anyway, all right. You know. So <laughs> let me just now. So having made the point about the church. Right. Let me go to a different place that may expand our understanding of what my question is. OK. OK. That may be helpful. Let me go to a different place. So put the church for a second on the burner to your left. All right. Let's turn to the burner on the right. Okay. okay. Here is a story that we didn't get to on Friday that I'm hoping brings things into focus here. And again, in the interest of everything that is communication, do we have a double standard for defining essential services and essential workers in this country? Now, here is the other story. Hobby is facing criticism for reopening stores in states where governors have issued stay-at-home orders due to the coronavirus. Okay, say that title again because you cut out mm -hmm. in the beginning. Okay, Hobby Lobby mm -hmm. is facing criticism for reopening stores in states where governors have issued stay-at-home orders due to the coronavirus. Mm, okay. Now, if you're looking for some common denominators... OK, um, when you look at the store Hobby Lobby, Hobby Lobby over the years have faced or has faced extreme criticism and backlash in our culture. Why? Because it is Christian owned and operated. Right. All right. Because it operates according to godly and biblical principles, because it historically refused to pay for women's abortions and their abortion drugs. Mm. All right. So Hobby Lobby is not a favored 
company in this country. So the question is, in these states where the governors have issued these mandatory stay-at-home orders due to coronavirus, is Hobby Lobby one of those stores where we say, eh, we see we don't really even need them. We don't Mm -hmm. need that. Mm -hmm. No, they can close. Mm -hmm. Now, at the same time, Office Max is still open. Mm-hmm. OK, before we saw the the tightening of, you know, coronas coronavirus measures. OK, you've got Walmart was still operating the same way. Now we know that things are changing in different states. I understand this. Things are changing in our state in Mississippi. Yeah. Well, now you've got lines and they're actually counting people as they go in. All right. I understand that these things are changing, but these things, these restrictions were even more strenuous on on Hobby Lobby before now. Mm. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. What happened when Mike Lindell stood up and talked about my pillow going to make face masks for people, going to dedicate what, like 75% of their business yeah, to making, to making face, these face masks? These fa- mm-hmm. Did you read some of the news headlines? Oh my goodness, I read the news headlines and I thought, just by reading the news headlines, the secular news headlines, okay, you would have thought that Mike Lindell said, he was robbing all of the hospitals of their personal protective equipment and using them to make my pillows. Mm. That's what you that's what you would have thought if you looked at some of the news. People <laughs> were angry at Mike well, Lindell yeah. because what he did, he did unapologetically that's in right. the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. And implored this nation to turn back exactly. to the Lord. He said it. He's he was very vocal and they don't like that. So we can receive Mike Lindell's work without his words. We don't want that. Mm. We don't want to be reminded whose name you come in. All right. Mm. We'll take your services, but we don't want to be reminded whose name you come in. And if there is in our recent memory, any connection to the work that you do being driven by the one who sends you, we have no use for you. Wow. Okay, and this is the thing that I'm looking at when I look at these stories. So, again, back to Hobby Lobby, the arts and crafts retail giant. Here's a story here from April 3rd from the Christian Post. The arts and crafts retail giant says its business constitutes an essential service since it's a supplier of educational materials. You would think that's a great thing, right? Right. Because you got kids at home with parents. Right. You got parents are like, okay, what are we going to do? I mean, you know, it it took a second for the schools to get on board and to start really getting the the information to the parents. So for a long time, we are looking at the stories, all the stories that were running, saying, okay, so what are parents going to do? Business Insider reported that Hobby Lobby resumed business in Ohio, Wisconsin, Colorado, and North Carolina. The publication obtained a copy of a memo by Hobby Lobby uh, Senior Vice President Randy Betts that instructed the store managers on how to communicate to authorities if questioned about why they were open. Why does Hobby Lobby have to do this? (laughs) If Hobby Lobby is doing what Walmart was doing, Mm -hmm. if Hobby Lobby is doing what Office Max was doing, keeping tabs on who's in their store. Whether or not they're meeting the, the restrictions and the guidelines, you know, you know the guidelines, mm-hmm. then why is Hobby Lobby being forced to close down as a non-essential store? At a Hobby Lobby location in Garland, Texas, the store reportedly posted mandatory social, social distancing rules on its door, stating, quote, operating as an essential business, offering PPE mass supplies, educational supplies, 
office supplies, and various components for at-home small businesses, end quote. So why don't we need Hobby Lobby? Hmm. It's not that we don't need Hobby Lobby. It's not that we don't need Hobby Lobby supplies, because that's just not true. Right. Right. It's that we don't need Hobby Lobby's ideology. Mm. We don't need okay. Hobby Lobby's philosophies. So when the question is, do we have a double standard for defining essential services and essential workers in this country? I think the answer is yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. We can speak generically of the stores that get to stay open. But let's speak specifically of the attempts to shut down certain gatherings, stores, services, etc., that even when in compliance are a threat to certain people's goals and aims in this country. So you can see, my friends, this is not about, oh, are you saying that my pastor should not have gone to an online service? If you focus on that, then you're only that's, living right yeah, now in yeah. this COVID-19 pandemic. And that's you not understand? What's being said, you see anyway. where yeah. I am? Right. Right. And that's not what's being said. That's not at all what's being said. In fact, I, you know, I felt a, I, I gotta tell you, I felt a little bit cowardly on Friday because I was like, yeah, you know, I didn't want to wade into that. I don't want to be trying to, because everybody, you know, I believe that the Lord is sovereign. I believe that the Lord put pa- puts pastors where they're supposed to be. And I, I believe that the Lord entrusts shepherds right. to oversee the flock that he's, he's given them. Like, I mean, you know, I, I believe, I believe that with all my heart. I believe that when you look at the apostle Paul, as he put ministers in place mm. in these different mm-hmm. areas where mm-hmm. he went, I don't think he was just randomly like, Hey, Titus, you're going to be up in Crete. Okay. Right. I don't think it was, you know, I, I think it was it was by the leading of the Spirit of God that each of those ministers, they have something that they're supposed to bring to those areas. Amen. I believe that 100 percent. Even Timothy, with his lack of certainty because of his age and all of these things. No, I believe that the men of God that God puts in place to oversee the flock, mm-hmm. to give an account for us. I believe they are put in place by God for purpose on purpose. Amen. So I dare not be brazen or flippant in talking about what one should do where one is. I believe the spirit of God leads. Amen. And you know what's going on in your church. My question was bigger than that. Right. My question is more long term than that. My question, if you're reasonable, is more thought provoking than that. And again, Here it is. Do we have a double standard for defining essential, essential services and essential workers in this country? Mm. Um, In Maryland, this story, you may have heard about it. There was a pastor whose church was I mean it was basically like drug rated <laughs> because they were meeting they were complying yeah. with the governor's you know policies and right. you know in the era of coronavirus this is how we do but still police department fire department members of came out to this pastor's church pastor Elvin Gwynn senior of Friendship Baptist Church in Baltimore Maryland and tried to shut him down now Pastor Gwynn said, like Madumbo, 
knocked in my <laughs> house. <laughs> or, or maybe knocked in God's house, right. you know. Um, so he didn't shut it down. But I want to tell you what the governor of Maryland did. And, and it's very concerning to me. I'm going to, this, this is my opinion, people. All right. And you never, ever have to listen to it. All right. Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We'll pick up right here when we get back. Please stick around. on American Family Radio. Our brother, Jeff Reed, is over in Studio CC, so we will um, ask him to start getting your calls queued up. I do have a couple more things that I want to get to. If you feel like you know me at this point, and you're like, eh, then that's okay. <laughs> um, but I do want to give Jeff some time to get the calls on. If you want to comment on anything that we're talking about today, um, the number is 888-589-8840. Now, look, I got a couple more things I want to get to. All right? 888 888- Five eight nine eight eight four zero. Jeff is over in Studio CC, and he will get your calls queued up. Welcome back to the program. I'm Miki, and I'm Will, and that's Chester Baldwin. God is good. All right, so let me finish this up with Hobby Lobby, and then we'll talk about what the Maryland governor. I alluded to this, so we'll talk about what the Maryland governor did to um, a Baptist church uh, because it refused to go along with um, just you know handing over its rights. <laughs> or the pastor refused to go along with handing over his rights. Mm-hmm. And so we'll talk about that. But here we go. Talking about what is and what isn't an essential, essential service and who who is and who is not an essential worker in this country. Does it have long-term implications? That's basically in a nutshell what we're talking about. Um, Hobby Lobby is one of those stores that's non-essential. I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But this is, I want you to think bigger picture. Yeah. I don't want you to yeah. just think, oh, should my church be meeting online or not? Right. Well, Facebook is my friend. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. That's not at all what I'm talking about. And I'm trying to be as clear as I know how to be on that. In Wisconsin, Hobby Lobby reopened a store in Kenosha, but authorities shut it down on Tuesday, which was last week, after it was said to have broken the safer at home mandate, according to a local news outlet. So Hobby Lobby got shut down in Kenosha, Wisconsin, because it was refusing to adhere to Wisconsin's safer at home mandate. Non-essential service, Hobby Lobby. You're out of here. Hmm. Fresh fruits and vegetables, get out of here. <laughs> we don't have any place for you. Um, in Ohio, Attorney General David Yost ordered the business to close its doors last Wednesday with a cease and desist letter. Stores in the Buckeye State had initially complied with the stay-at-home order that was in effect, but then reopened, saying, wait a minute, other stores are still open and functioning. Why can't we open and function? And so they did. But Ohio's like, no, that's not you guys. No, we no, we're talking about the liquor stores. Mm-hmm. <gasps> you guys don't get it. We meant essential stores. All right? That's not you. Now, at this point, it might be just important to mention that the founder of CEO, uh, the founder and CEO of Hobby Lobby is, you know, he's a Christian, he's a believer like us, right? Yeah. Largely responsible with funding the Museum of the Bible in Washington DC. Mhm. Oh, we knew we didn't like him. <laughs> we knew we didn't like him. So um, two Sundays in a row, Friendship Baptist Church in uh, Baltimore, Maryland, have been um, circled like like cops, cops in Baltimore. I mean, they've been circled 
You know, as a church, man, the cops, the SWAT team coming. You know, I mean, you get it. You remember bad boys, bad boys. <laughs> what you gonna do? What man. you gonna do when they come for you? You know, it's like you know, <laughs> that's where we are. And again, remember the conversation is about what is and what isn't essential. So you have Friendship Baptist Church being totally compliant, having ten or less people. Uh, two Sundays ago, this was March 29th, All right, they met. They got they got swarmed. You know, mm -hmm. um, then last Sunday, Palm Sunday, they did or yesterday they did a walkthrough service where people came through, heard a little piece of a sermon, picked up a palm branch and went through the back of the church. And yet police officers and a couple members from the fire department were still there to make sure that they were not violating any. Wow. <laughs> COVID-19 coronavirus. The people picked up palm branches and walked. They had they did that two services. One at 7.45 a.m., one at 10.45. They were practicing social distancing. People come through, pick up a palm branch, and go out on the other side Man. and hear a little piece of a Palm Sunday service. And, and the police are there. But now, but wait, there's more. <laughs> the governor of Maryland did something that I think is far more sinister than um, people would take at face value. And, and, that's, and I don't take much at face value. The governor of Maryland... Larry Hogan warned that Maryland could see what's happening in New York, that that Maryland could see what's happening in New York. Um, if people in Maryland didn't take seriously the state's stay at home mandates. Right. Mm -hmm. And on his Twitter, on his Twitter, the governor of Maryland singled out friendship Baptist Church. Wow. Calling it by name. Listen, this is what he wrote, and I'm going to read it to you, and then we'll go to the phone lines, okay? Do not respond like Elvin Gwynn Sr., a Baltimore pastor who has been warned by police. This is the governor on Twitter. <laughs> who has been warned by police to stop holding services at the Friendship Baptist Church, but told the Baltimore Sun he intends to keep doing so. Do not respond. Like Sean Marshall Myers of Charles County, who was arrested March 27th after hosting 60 people at his home for a bonfire. That's the governor. Now, listen, first of all, he misrepresented this church by lumping him together with, with a man a who's just like gathering 60 yeah. people together for a bonfire. That's saying that the church is not essential. Hello, it's, the church <laughs> is not essential. And also, he didn't acknowledge that the church was compliant. Right. They abide by that the That the church was doing 10 or less and practicing six feet of social distancing and Man. spacing out its services. He did not acknowledge that. No, but what he did was he gave the first, last name, and suffix of the pastor and the name of the church. Man. And you think people aren't crazy right now? You're going to tell somebody, hey, our state's going to turn into New York City if you keep doing what Pastor Elvin Gwynn Sr.'s doing at Friendship Baptist Church 29100 <laughs> down in South Lake. And two. Come on, man. man. I mean, what is that? Is that not irresponsible? Are you not it inciting is. people? It is. This is my question, and it goes beyond COVID-19 pandemic, folks. Do we have a double standard, a double standard for defining essential services and essential workers in this country. That's my question. And that's going to be my question until I get a reasonable answer, which let's just all be honest. It's just agreement. Just say, yep, Meek, you're right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Let's go to the phone lines. Will the great, where do we go first? All right, let's go to Jamie in North Carolina. Hi, Jamie. 
Thank you so very much for allowing me to voice my opinion on this matter. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it's about the, the Hobby Lobby. Mm -hmm. um, I really don't think that there's a double standard or any otherwise, but due to the fact I think that the uh, machine, we're dealing with a, uh, you know, a governmental machine here, mm -hmm. and I think that they're practically just a carnivorous uh, machine that'll eat, that'll, that'll eat their own, you know, and, and, and if, if anything of the church, they, they want the church to, to, you know, go away. Right. Mm -hmm. So if they're, if they're collateral damage, that's all right with them. But, you know, and, and you can see, I don't want to bring up anything political. That's not the uh, topic, but you can see how they uh, devour their own, um, mm -hmm. with, you know, Mr. Biden, you know, I'm just mentioning it. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's a very reasonable answer to your question. I don't think there's any standard other than they're willing to get to a, a you know, an apex of an answer, and, and they don't care who they destroy in the process to reach an end. Wow. So Man, no you might be right about that. Well, thank you. You might, you might be right about that. You might be right about that. Um, <laughs> I, I would say that that's like, you, you know what, Jamie's, <laughs> Jamie's comment is like uh, pouring paint all down the wall. He's like, yeah, let's Jay's just they don't care. They don't have a rhyme or reason. And you might be right about that. It'd be hard for me to top that. You know, I do think if you if you dial it back just a little bit, there is a double standard. But I think ultimately what Jamie said is right, yeah. that it is whatever gets in the way of their agenda, whatever yeah. gets in the way of what suits their interests, what what um, what enlarges uh, their territory. And so I think you're right. That's a great point, Jamie. I appreciate it. Will the great. We're next. All right. Let's go to Reggie in New Orleans. Hi, Reggie. Hey, Will, Mickey. Listen, it's a it's a thrill, guys, for me to be on and uh, talk with you guys. I uh, I told you, I told the screener, I'm fired up. I mean, you just you put the fire under me, and uh, I'm gonna tell you an answer to your question. Uh, I know you can't say it, so I'm gonna say it for you. Um, yeah, there is an agenda in our in our divided country, politically, economically, religiously, and every other way. There is an agenda that's being uh, uh, promulgated by our our leaders and uh, it wants to take religion out of the way. Mm. And, um, that's, that's, that's the, that's the whole thing. And whatever it costs uh, to get that done is, is not a factor. We just want to get it done because we have, we're progressive and we want to move forward. Mm. I, uh, but it also to your point, Mickey and I, boy, I can't thank you enough for saying that. I was having that discussion with a brother just this morning talking about what we're led by as believers. We're led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Don't forget that. Holy Spirit is the power, and we have that power, and we need to use it. We need to trust in the Holy Spirit, and we need to, you know, abide and do that routinely in our walk with the, with the Lord. So Amen. that's where I come down, and uh, I appreciate it. Thank you God so bless much, you, Reggie. Reggie. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, it, it is so true that when you look at what is going on and I'm, I'm so glad to hear from our brother Reggie that he's like, man, I'm fired up because what I'm hoping to do always is to provoke believers to live truly authentic lives as Christians. Amen. That's what I'm hoping to do. I'm hoping Amen. that we say, man, let's look beyond this conversation. Let's look beyond what the talking points are in the media. Mm. And let's use the discernment that the Lord has given us that we can see the things they don't want us to see. Yeah. We yeah. can know the things they don't want us to know. The question that we're talking about is, is really one that will outlive COVID-19. Mm -hmm. I appreciate our brother Reggie. Where do we go next? Will the great. Okay. Let's go to Carl in uh, Illinois. Hi, Carl. Hey, well, Mickey, thank you so much for taking my call. Mm -hmm. uh, as we look at this, question about the double standard i think the answer is it's 
a wrong standard. It's a completely upside-down standard because Jesus said in John 6, do not work for food that fades away, but work for food that leads to eternal life, which is to believe in me. And in, in Matthew 6, he said, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or wear, but seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all mm-hmm. these things will be added to you. So, mm-hmm. of course, we know that as Christians, we live completely upside down from the world. So the things that are essential, that God calls essential, the world is going to say, no, that's not essential. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. things that, that God says are non-essential, they're going to say, well, that's essential. I mean, I, we're in Illinois, and in Illinois, liquor stores are an essential business. Right. Mm. <laughs> you know, and and so it's, it's just the wrong standard. Mm. Because... The spiritual things are more essential than the physical things. Yeah. But we work in a system that's ruled by the prince of the power of the air. And so, of course, he's going to call things unessential that are absolutely essential. Come on, Carl. Come yeah, on. That's good. Come on. Thank that's you. exactly right. So so what, <laughs> you know, man, it's almost like you want to have this approach that when you when you hear from people who don't know the Lord mm-hmm. and they start saying, well, this is non-essential, that's not essential. I mean, I'm not saying that it's a perfect science, but you almost want to say the opposite. Mm-hmm. You almost like just mm-hmm. because they say that you it's like, you know, it's the strong willed kid in your family. <laughs> if you tell them no, then it's yes. If you want something from them, tell them don't give it to you. <laughs> right? right they're gonna because they know what the you opposite. have it. you take this oh, man. you have it you know Rebellion. so anyway let's go <laughs> thank you carl we appreciate you calling uh will the great where next let's go to michelle in north carolina hi michelle hi hi i'm hello. so thrilled to speak with you guys hello yes we're here go ahead oh, oh okay um i love you guys love everything that you stand for thank you so much for speaking boldly um, yes, to answer your question, I believe, Nikki, there is a double standard. Um, also, thank you so much for what you said about pastors and respecting God's sovereignty over their decisions. Mm-hmm. My husband's a pastor, and this is a very difficult time uh, mm-hmm. for them to be making very difficult decisions for yeah. um, mm-hmm. the people that they love and serve so much. Yeah. And it's just, that's our heart, you know, to love people. And so um, just, you know, for us to show grace and to love them through this, Amen. because Amen. it is it's just very difficult for them to make these kinds of decisions. Um, And I totally hear, you know, what you're saying about this question being part of a bigger picture of our future. This has been something that I have been very sensitive to as I see this unfolding. Mm -hmm. And when you try to have these conversations with people, even Christians, even solid Christians, they just, um, it just seems like nobody, nobody's eyes are really open to this. And so, I mean, I would just ask you guys to please, you know, think about spending some time in the near future helping all of us who are ministering, you know, to have strategies for good conversations with people as mm. we minister and helping them to understand how this is dangerous to our free, our future freedom. Mm. Um, mm. Because it's, it's just, you know, that's our heart, like I said, to love people and serve people. And this is something that I want to help people that I'm ministering to to mm-hmm. understand. Yep. We need to be aware of what's going on. Okay, Michelle, so that's much, a great Michelle. request. That is a great request because I'm going to tell you that that really truly is the bread and butter of mm-hmm. what we do, that, that we want to make sure that the body of Christ is equipped. And so to be able to have these conversations in everyday vernacular where we as believers are encouraging one another is so vitally important. Will the Great, let's try to squeeze in 30 seconds. One more call. All right, 30 seconds. Let's go to Raymond in Texas. Hi, Raymond. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. Hey, I'm going to be quick. Okay. Why do we have to wait? Why do we have to wait for this to happen? We've had all the freedom in the world to go to church, and we wait for now to 
get in an uproar because we're not allowed to go to church. God has given us the freedom for many, many years, and now Christians are having a fit because, you know, and I'm a Christian, I, 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 but I, but you know, the the, the, the the Word of God says obey the laws of the land. And also, obedience is more than sacrifice. So we have to obey. I mean, we, believe me, we're struggling. Yeah, man, Raymond, I got man, Raymond, I'm picking up with your question tomorrow. This is (laughs) part three. All right, because I can't do it. So tomorrow, (laughs) Lord willing, until then. (laughs) God bless.